0: Welcome to episode number 198 of the Lions podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by Brad Allen, Stephen Andrus. If you want to follow them on the Twitter machine, and you should, it's absolutely free. Stephen Andrus1, Brad Allen, NFL. You can follow me, Matt Brown, M2. Guys, it is the weird week that we've never seen before. We have never seen a week 18 in the NFL. We don't know how these teams are going to treat it. We have at least some indication of how a couple of teams are going to treat it. But a lot of this is going to be speculation. I think a lot of this might be played in the waiting game as well as we get going into all of this, Brad, you did bring up a good point in our Slack chat though, of just kind of bringing up and we've seen this over the last three weeks with all this COVID stuff and everything is just, you know, closing line value. You'll hear it a bunch of times called CLV and closing line value and all of that. And um, you know, there's some questions as to over the last two seasons in particular, because again, we were still dealing with COVID issues and things like that last year, we're getting the same thing this year. As to, you know, whether closing line value it means anything the last couple of years, whether you getting in early on a game or whatever really has any sort of actual intrinsic value for you, because whatever you think you're betting on, you might not you might not actually be betting on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the debates come up, I think this year, 2021 has been like the least accurate closing line in at least 11 years, I think was the stat I saw. So, I mean, the opening line. Is is been more accurate this year than the closing line, which, if you think about it, is insane, right? The the opening line is I don't know Chris Pinnacle, who, who circa, whoever comes up with it, it's, it's you know it's one or two people coming up with this number, and then after all the the sharpest betters in the world have, have bet into it, this less accurate <laughs> at the end, so which which is insane to think about, mm-hmm. and so I guess the de- you know there's there's some debate of is it less valuable, and I would say most people are going yeah, don't worry, it will bounce back. It's one off. It's maybe it's COVID related because of all these injuries which are tough to price. But I would say I, I've heard from some some sharp groups saying, but like a key part of the sharpest betters in the world now is keeping the money off screen, right? If you think about the Eagles, mm-hmm. um, you know there was two or three weeks in a row where they, they got buried. Uh, you know two to three points the line one in their favor and literally the next week everyone's going uh, the sharks like the eagles and that's in the price now so if, if you're one of these big groups betting you know millions on a game you you want that money not to hit the screen you don't want people to know what you're betting and I think more and more of that is not reflected in the closing line now you know if Chris is taking 30k that's that's the biggest money is not betting at Chris now um, so mm-hmm. I think some of these closing lines are, are not the true price.
0: Yeah, it's been it's been fairly interesting. I mean, I was trying to I've been, you know, on the on the programming outside of what we do here that I do. I've been actually screaming this kind of about the about CLV and closing line value and stuff like that over the last two years, because it just again, when we bet into these games and this is what we do as gamblers, I, I fully understand that. But unless you're waiting until 90 minutes before kickoff when we're placing a bet, we're kind of rolling the dice right now as to what we're what we're placing a bet on, you know, I mean, these guys and look, the protocols and this is just the last couple of weeks. Now, the protocols have have certainly loosened up and guys can get back sooner and all of that. And so that can even change our handicap as we head into the playoffs as well. But up until last week, we were really and truly, you know, Stephen, it's one of those things where you're you're taking your best Educated guess as to what is is what as to what the team is going to look like whenever it comes, you know, either Sunday or Monday or whatever it was, whatever
2: game that you're betting into. Yeah, there, there's really no way to predict the COVID stuff in particular. In the past couple mm-hmm. of weeks, there have been multiple games where we have made out like bandits when COVID stuff has dropped, and then there have been games where we have just gotten killed. Uh, Minnesota Vikings last week for me was an example of that. Tried to get out ahead of that, and it I lost six mm-hmm. points by the closing line because yeah. Kirk Cousins drops with COVID. So um, it, it's just a tough situation. It's an unprecedented situation in in the history of betting on the NFL that we have to just deal with at this point. So um, the one thing I'll mention too guys on this topic, you know, we see a lot of chatter and talk in our NFL Discord channel at times from people mentioning um you know what does the book need what do they you know what side does the book need in this game and that's just not how I want to go about handicapping a game or trying to figure out what I want to bet on in a game for me it ultimately comes down to Handicapping the players are on that are on the field. And Brad mentions that some of these injuries and the COVID stuff makes it difficult to price. That's absolutely true. But to try and also factor in like, well, what are sharp bettors betting on? What does the book need? Is there more liability on this side? Like, to me, I want to stick with my fundamentals, stick with power ratings for these teams. Um, and, and also look at matchups and, and units in particular in these games, you know, is it, is there a, a, an advantage with one defensive line against an offensive line? Is the team down cornerbacks like Brad has mentioned throughout this year is one area of, of football handicapping that may be not looked at and valued enough. So, um, I'm always going to just go back to my fundamentals and matchup handicapping, um, worst case scenario.
0: Yeah, Brad, w- one last thing that kind of close this out, and I'm glad Stephen brought that up, because this is a, a narrative that I think that you get kind of some of the more inexperienced and younger, newer betters talking about like, well, what does the book need? And like, you know, we should always. Whatever, and here's the thing I've talked to. I talked to several guys who are high level in various books across the country every single week and pretty much there's only like two games that really have any sort of consequential uh, like outcome for these books. Right. I mean, it's like so there's no you, you know, you might be lucky to be looking into one game that, yeah, there is an actual need for any of these books or something like that. But really, in any given week, there's only one or two games that actually have any sort of consequential outcome for any of these books. And so it's more along the lines of, as we always kind of say, it's like. There isn't really a need for these books. It's like they're going to make it in the long run. It's not really that big of a deal on a week to week basis. And in any given week, yeah, maybe there's one game, maybe there's two games that have, you know, a, a ton of liability on one side compared to the other, but that's, that's, that's about it.
1: Guys have found at found your DraftKings recently, um, you know, is the, is the growth in the legalized market? You know, you we see all these new states coming online, all these billions and billions in hand, all being added each month. Has that changed the way you book it? You know, do you, are you now a bit more scared to be one sided? And he just said, no. You know, the, the, if, the, if we think the number's the number, like we don't care if we lose on, on one game, as you say. So uh, yeah, don't 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 look at that stuff, really.
0: Yeah, I I just a lot of that's noise. We talk about what's you know what's actionable and what's noise, and 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 that to me most of the time is going to be noise. Let's kick off week 18 here, guys. Two games on Saturday, one of which is the Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos. Right now, the Chiefs are 10.5 to 11.5 point road favorites over the Denver Broncos, a total of 45. If we break down what is going on here, we know there's an outside chance that the Chiefs could be the number one seed in the AFC. Now, they would need a a big-time upset loss um, by the Titans, This week against the Texans Titans double digit favorites, but it is not out of the realm of possibility for that to happen. Brad, I'll start with you on this one. One, when we're handicapping motivation this week. Obviously, the one seed is a big motivation. However, you're also getting uh, uh, you're going to need a double digit dog to to win on Sunday. Do you think we get full effort, max effort, everybody playing the whole nine yards from the
1: Chiefs in this game? Um, I think so. I I handicap this as basically we can assume you know pretty good effort from both teams. Um, you know the, the Chiefs have got, they've got to play as if as if they can still get the one seed I think and that, that, I think that'll be the message and the same with the Broncos you know they want to they just want to beat the Chiefs basically I, I don't think either team is going to come in here flat. Um, I mean the, the the line itself is interesting up to 11 and a half where I mean what was it three weeks ago uh, Chiefs at Chiefs, no Broncos at Chiefs uh, open nine and a half and uh, it was down to seven and a half at kick. Um, obviously, we've got a quarterback change here, but this is, this is a pretty big line move for, I think, three or four weeks of uh, of games. All right, Stephen. So let's take
0: a look here. Stephen has uh, Stephen tells us earlier in the week that he was not <laughs> going to have any plays. And then he sends us his picks yesterday and he has plays on every game, it seems like so. um Let's let's take a look at this one just from from top to bottom. I mean, there's no doubt the Chiefs are a more talented team. There's no doubt that the Chiefs have the motivation angle here. There's no doubt that when it all comes down to it, you're also getting, you know, you're getting the Drew Locke experience on the on the Broncos side of things. However, you know, I do think the the backdoor situation here is open because if you're Andy reading the Chiefs, you are you understand you need to win the game but you don't have to win this game by 20 points. Like you don't have to win this game. You have to, I think that Andy Reed is sharp enough to understand that without, obviously without Patrick Holmes, but even without, without Tyreek Hill, without Ke- Travis Kelsey, their chances are dust, right? I mean, their chances of winning the Super Bowl are absolute dust. And so I would not be surprised to see a lot of these starters hit the bench, and then leave that kind of back door open for the broncos which makes me a little bit a little bit, a little bit hesitant in this game.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, th- there's just such a wide range of outcomes in this situation. You know, is there a chance that the chiefs go up huge like they have in some games in recent weeks against Mm -hmm. bottom feeder teams or bottom of the league teams i'm not saying the broncos are that but they're below average and and they just only play their starters for two and a half quarters i mean that's a possibility for sure they could get up 27 nothing and just you know pack it in um Mm -hmm. brad absolutely right that this is if you factor in home field if you put these teams on a neutral field this line is six points higher for the chiefs than it was in their first meeting about a month ago now as is Teddy Bridgewater worth that? I think Teddy Bridgewater played in that first game between these two teams. Um, I probably not, but Drew Locke has also been terrible. So, do I really want to put money on a back door for the Broncos here when I don't really rely on their on their quarterback or have confidence in their quarterback? So, um, it would be probably Chiefs first half or nothing for me if I'm going to bet on this, but I'm I'm not going to bet on this. And uh, I would just make one note for the offseason season like the Broncos are remind me so much of the Bucks from 2 years ago before they got Tom Brady. That roster literally has everything but a quarterback. And you know they're going to be aggressive for one. They got extra picks for it. So when those Super Bowl futures open, if one book has a price that's off for the Broncos compared to the other books, that might be something to take a shot at.
0: Brad, I think that this is going to be an angle for several of these games as we kind of talk through them, these these first half bets because those are the ones that I've been looking the hardest at. Um, for a lot of these teams, right? And it's because of, like we said, the it's not necessarily the motivation factor to win. It's the motivation factor to play it all the way through four quarters, which we know for a lot of these is is just not going to be the case here. What we find with the chiefs is though this first half line is sitting just under a touchdown, about six and a half points if you're playing the first half line on this one. What do you think about the chiefs overall like top to bottom? effort here and then what do you think about uh play, make it a play on this game
1: well the uh we, we gave out the chiefs well i mentioned the chiefs first half last week because you get the andy reed script i think they were up 14 nil you know in, in, in the blink of an eye last week um and then and then the, the bengals came back on them so i you know whenever betting the chiefs i always like the first half um and that i think that's a solid angle i think one thing to mention here is the broncos cornerbacks Um, down Ronald Derby Patrick Sertain Nate Hairston third cornerback is questionable so they could be real thin here against uh, the Chiefs Mm. which is you know that's that's the last thing you want to be thin against at corner so yeah Chiefs first half a solid look Um, not a game I've got a super strong opinion on really
0: second game on Saturday, the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. And this one guys is take your best guess when it all comes down to it, Steven, we know what the Eagles are going to kind of be doing here. They have a bunch of guys on the COVID list as it is anyway. I also uh, pretty much, they haven't fully said that they're going to be taking this one off, but you know, we're kind of reading the tea leaves here and it seems like there's going to be uh, a very minimal effort from the starters out there in this one. And then You know, we start to get some some drip maybe out of Dallas that they could be considering the same thing when it comes to the starters. This one is very, very there's way too much, I think, here for me in the unknown realm for me to feel confident about putting any sort of ticket out there. Now, that being said, where we sit right now, the Cowboys are four and a
2: half point favorites over the Eagles, a total of forty three and a half. So we have typically recorded this podcast on Thursdays throughout the year, and I was going to recommend the Cowboys as a teaser leg, and I'm glad we didn't. And we started moving to Fridays here with this COVID stuff going on, because this is a perfect example why. This line was seven, seven and a half on Thursday. We record this Friday morning. It's down to four and a half, five all throughout most of this week. The Cowboys have said they're going to play their starters. They're going to play to win. Well, now they get Micah Parsons on the COVID list. They get their left tackle, Tyron Smith, on the COVID list. They have some other guys that are banged up. I don't really see the motivation for that. You could talk about a slightly better seed in the playoffs here, but I'm not sure where the motivation is. On the flip side... I think the Eagles maybe have the least motivation of any team in the league this week. They've already locked up a playoff spot. Who cares which wild card seed that they have? Quite honestly, they're going to play a very difficult team in the first round. So on top of that, they had a dozen players hit the COVID list on. It's not just a couple guys. It's a dozen guys on the COVID list that could theoretically clear. But again, what's the point of playing them this week? You'd rather just sit them out because they weren't able to practice. That's the other thing to mention, right? Like, so it's 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 not only running
0: these guys, it's not like, oh, they cleared, let's go play. It's you're getting a whole bunch of dudes that have been you're on the couch, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So uh, if the Cowboys starters are going to play and you have to take a risk here, but that'd be the only side I'd be interested in. I certainly won't don't want anything to do with the Eagles, especially at a worse number now when I am – most confident in this game that their starters are not going to play. And I don't care that Gardner Minshew went off against the New York Jets in his one start this year.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Brad, kind of same thing with me. I mean, it'd be a Cowboys or pass just because look, in theory, they could move up to the number two seed if you care about that in years past the number 2 seed meant something you got to buy it doesn't mean anything this year you you still have to play so yeah maybe they want to what maybe they want to get to the number 2 seed i don't know again a lot of trying to handicap motivation and and what's going on internally inside the organization now you have a couple of guys on the covid list you you've got all this like i'm it's it's hard for me cowboys are past but i don't have a, a strong opinion on it
1: yeah, I'm in the same same boat as you guys. It does sound like the Cowboys want to play harder. I think Dak and Mike McCarthy said earlier in the week, like we're playing to win the game. Does that change now? Everyone's ill. Like there's a flu going around as well as well mm-hmm. as COVID. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I guess we've got the slight upside that they might start Dak and, and might play hard. Whereas we know the Eagles have no interest. Um, so yeah, could only go Cowboys at the current price, but is is a bit of a car crash again that's that that was
2: the that was the early week press conference let's see what mike mccarthy says at the friday press conference now that all these situations have changed
0: green bay packers and the detroit lions green bay packers have locked up the number one seed overall in the nfc so nothing to play for for them at all they find themselves as three and a half to four point road favorites over the detroit lions it is sitting 44 and a half to 45 Guys, we again, this is a team we know for sure has absolutely nothing to play for. They are going to get a first round bye in the playoffs and the road to the Super Bowl will go through Lambeau. That being said, we now have Aaron Rodgers who have who has come out and said he wants to play and, you know, he wants to get in some reps. I did a little bit of digging. If you take a look. Guess who's just shy of four thousand yards passing, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, because he had to miss that he had to miss that uh, game due to COVID this year, and so he's a game behind everybody else. And it would not surprise me in the least bit if this was I'm going to go out there and play a quarter, I'm going to get over four thousand yards for the umpteenth million season in a row, and then I'm going to go on and and you know go over to the sideline let Jordan Love take over. In all of this, I think this is one of the, this is kind of a classic either first half or even first quarter bets and, um, and pass on, on the whole game type look. But again, it's, uh, it's not something I'm running to the window to get. I mean, Brad, what do you handicap here for Aaron Rodgers? Does he not seem like the type of dude when he sees that he's 33 yards short of of 4,000? Of he's like, oh no, I'm going to throw for 4,000 yards this year. And he sees that he's the MVP favorite and he's like, I'm not going to totally sit this out. I'm going to go throw for you know 150 yards and a touchdown and just solidify that I'm going to be MVP. Like, he just strikes me as that type of dude.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. And Devontae, Matt Lafleur—they—they've all said like we want to play that we're going to give our guys a run. And I think Lafleur said it, it's not going to be, it's not going to be preseason vibe where we give them a drive or two and out. You know, it's, they're going to be in there longer than that. So obviously, there's no, there's not many first half, first quarter lines out there. Yeah, but if you can find one, obviously go bet it. And another one to look at is race to ten. Mm. Um, you know. I've found one book in the world so far hanging a race to 10. You I had to go to a betting yeah. shop in England to, to bet it, but um, they, they, they might be out there. Or, I mean, another way is Packers first half lines full time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you find them about five to one as well. So yeah, if you go go and find it, uh, and that's the only way you could play it, I think. Steven, we're,
0: I, I guess if we wanted to try and play devil's out, I mean, is there is there anything in the world that would lead you to want to Take a I see there's one four out there for the Detroit Lions. Is there any is there anything that would want to make you take the four points with the Lions in this thing?
2: Not at a minus one ten price. I like Brad's angle better. I think yeah. this is a game you can kind of have some fun with and sprinkle a half unit on given what we know and what we think. Um I I believe all the Packers and their head coach Matt LaFleur that you know, the key quote to me was that he didn't want them to essentially go three weeks without playing in a meaningful game or close to 21 days. So if I had to predict, they'd play like a half, like the the most meaningful preseason yeah. game script. You know what I mean? So I love that angle that Brad just mentioned of Packers first half Lions full time, where I actually saw a seven mm-hmm. to one. You're, you're going to have to go on a scavenger hunt for a lot of these out there yeah. um, and just hope. And I'm, I'm not sure how much the legal books in the U.S. are going to open up and show you here uh, at least close. And you might have to wait till like up until kickoff. And even then they might be too smart to give you a good line on that first half. They might give you, you know, instead of the typical less than a field goal for the first half, since the line sitting at three and a half, they might give you minus three and a half for the first half. Knowing the situation. Oh, I imagine it'll be, it might be more
0: than every that. Bit. I bet I imagine it'll be every bit of the full game line, if not more. Yeah. So for the the first time, we'll see,
2: we'll see what they open up, but I'm with you. I'm, I am in alignment with you guys on that. These are the angles that I like.
0: Yeah. And, and like I said, I think that I'm going to try and depending unless it's just egregious, um, probably bet the lions second half in this one. Um, whenever that second half line pops, because again, I, if they play a half, that's going to be enough. They're, they're, they're not going to risk these guys further after that. So, um, Yeah, I'm going to look for a line second half in that one. Indianapolis Colts in the Jacksonville Jaguars. We know this is a important game for the Colts. They are 14 and a half to 15 point favorites in this one. A total of 44. Brad, we take a look at this. We know one team with motivation, one team with no motivation whatsoever. One team probably sunk to the worst team in the NFL right now. If you were power ranking all the way to 32 in the Jags, the Colts um, look a A a tough loss last week to the Raiders in which the same thing that I have been preaching since preseason on this very podcast is if it comes down to it and Carson Wentz has to make the throws, Carson Wentz just ain't making the throws. Um, If you go back into that box score last week, he threw for 148 yards, 45 of those came on a ball that should have been an easy interception, (laughs) which. Two Raiders defenders ran into each other and the ball perfectly flipped backwards right into T.Y. Hilton's hands, who was standing in the end zone. So not only does he get credit for the yards, he gets credit for a touchdown pass when it should have been an easy interception for the Raiders in that game. It's just, you know, again, we'll talk about teams later on that that we want to fade once we get in the playoffs here. But look, they're not going to lose this game. The question is, is, you know, 15, 14 and a half to 15 and a half points is what's going on out there. That just... It is the Jags, but Lord have mercy, that seems like a lot.
1: Yeah, I mean, w- we said it on the podcast last week, right? Don't assume Carson Wentz is going to take the week off practice with COVID, no yeah. backs, and just walk in and be good because, mm-hmm. you know, he, well, he didn't. He was garbage. He, he's not Aaron Rodgers, is he? Um He he needs Frank Reich in his ear and coaching him up a week. Um For this game, I think, I think you have to be with the Jags or nothing. Um, You know, obviously obviously everyone's going to be on the Colts because they have to win, et cetera. Um There's the stat floating around there that teams that have to win versus teams with nothing to play for, you know, you back, back the underdog and you're 60% over the last mm-hmm. five years or so, you know, with the team with no motivation, um, you know, they're still going to want to turn the Colts over. They've been good against the Colts down there in Jacksonville for whatever reason. Um, and it's, they're not going to be as bad. The Jags as they were last week when they gave up 50. I mean, they were, like riddled with COVID, yeah. Um, you, you are going to get their best effort here, so I would only go with the Jags here. I've not bet it because you've got to be a bit of a sadist to really, <laughs> really want to bet this. But I, I, I think, I think you're probably putting a bad bet on if you go if you go back the Colts here.
0: Stephen, here's the other thing about this: must win doesn't mean must cover, right? I mean, like that's 100%. the other thing about this. Y- y- like, like they, yes, yes, it's a must win. Uh, they, they don't get extra bonus. They, they don't get a better seed by winning because they win by twenty five or so. Like that's not the way it works. So must win doesn't mean must cover in this, and that's a that's a pretty big number there for the Colts.
2: First of all, the, the Colts have had a couple games where they've blown teams out, but this is not an offense that's exactly built to put up a bunch of points and and blow a team out. Like this is a run first offense. So let's start there, and secondly. The line here is just absolutely hilarious to me. The first meeting, the Colts were 10 and a half point favorites in Indianapolis. So about eight and a half on a neutral, let's just say. And now the Colts are minus 16 in Jacksonville. So 18 on a neutral, a 10 point adjustment from the first game between these two teams in a game that the Jags actually outgained them in yards per play. So I mean, I don't really put anything into that for this one, but I, yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. I would never in a million years lay this many points on the road with Carson Wentz ever. Like to use your term, Matt, I wouldn't use your money to bet on the Colts to cover this <laughs> spread on, with Carson Wentz. But... The one thing I will note here, I also don't want to bet on the Jags pregame either. The the, the angle, if you want to bet the Jags here to me, is in-game because Frank Reich is the master of the script that Brad has pointed out multiple times this year. And to put a number on that, since week four after the Colts lost those first three games. So in that time span, when the Colts got back on track, got healthier, Only the Chiefs and the Bucs have been better in first quarter EPA and success rates. So if you want to take the points with the Jags, I think there's a very good chance that you're going to get an even better number than 16 Mm -hmm. closer to the second quarter. So why not just wait for that if you want to bet the Jags and and get maybe three possessions here, maybe even four possessions? Not four possessions, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's
0: an interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's an it's certainly an interesting number, interesting game. I do like maybe just holding off and let the Colts get the ball once they're going to go down and score, and then yeah, you're going to get better than 15 or 16 or whatever it is that by the time this thing you kicks might get off, 21 and a half. Gonna get better, yeah, you're going to get better than that number as it is anyway. Tennessee Titans and the Houston Texans. We know the importance of this one. The Titans they have to win to maintain that number one seed. When you get that number one seed, you get a buy. If you get a buy, that gives Derrick Henry an extra week to practice, to get in game shape, to get feeling better, and to get back in there for this Tennessee Titans team. One extra week for Julio Jones to tell you that he feels 100% and then run 14 routes and leave the game with a hamstring injury. So that's what we are with this uh, Tennessee Titans team. Uh, Houston Texans are have been spunky you know and they're catching 10 10 and a half here at home against this titans team 42 and a half 43 they actually have you know i listen i'm gonna sit here and be the first one to say i was laughing at the davis mills pick if we were if we were ranking the rookie quarterbacks right now. Davis Mills might be third he ain't last if we were ranking. Yeah, I mean, you know, and so look, I was laughing at him. He's 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 played pretty well. They have an actual NFL player on that team and Brandon Cooks. And, um, you know, look, 10, 10 and a half, I don't think is the craziest thing in the world. And the Texans, this could be a Super Bowl for them. Right. I mean, knock the Titans out of the number one out of the number one seed that might be just enough to kind of make them feel good about about the season. Brad, um listen, I think we've been very fair with our assessment of the Titans, right? I mean, it's like, yeah, when fully healthy, the Titans could could certainly pose a danger to a lot of teams. They're not totally healthy right now, so we've been kind of adjusting our view on this team throughout the, like each and every week because a part will come in, a part will come out, a part will come in, a part will come out. Um this current version of the Titans do they cover 11 points on the Texans on the road?
1: Uh, not sure. I, mm. I think the number's fair. Um, I do think the Titans are getting disrespected in the futures market um, because they they have been, I think they've, they've used the most players in the AFC this year, like 88 or 90 players, something ridiculous. Mm. You know, they, they the offensive line's been banged up, the defensive back's been banged up, receivers, running backs, like... Everything has been hurt this year and they're still the one seed. Um, So, I mean, I I did bet some 12-1 to for the Super Bowl um, earlier this week just because I think that defense is legit. You know, I've been banging on about that defensive line, but I think they're superb. You saw what they did to the Dolphins last week, just demolished them. And they're they're probably going to do the same to Houston here. This is, you know, the Houston offensive line, 28th in pass block win rate. So you know, I think Davis Mills is going to be under siege because you're, you're obviously going to get the best effort. Um, so yeah, I, I would uh, I'd go back a little bit of twelve to one for the Super Bowl, which you know you're basically back in the money line here, and uh, then you get, obviously you get your first round buy next mm-hmm. week as well. So uh, that that'd be the way to play this if you if you want to have an interest here.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I actually dabbled I think a little bit on uh, I, I I dabbled a little bit on the Super Bowl with the Titans as well, strictly based off the number one seeding thing here, and and further. I think on an AFC side of things, the range of outcomes is so incredibly wide that, you know, I'll take a team at 12 to one that does get the free win. whenever I don't think that there's a, just a full on dominant team kind of in that, in that uh, conference or whatever, Steven, um, Again, they're going to need 11 points in this one. And I know you're probably looking at maybe just an awards market as opposed to a bet on this
2: game. I am. Yeah, I'm not the only one. If you've been on sports betting social media this week, this has been a, a, a popular take. And the odds have come down slightly. But Mike Vrabel, coach of the year, is the third choice. I got him at plus 350. I think there's still some plus 300s out there. As you guys mentioned, the one seed with a win this week, despite having a record number of players having to play in games this year since that they started keeping track of that stat in the early 90s. Um, all of those challenges, all those guys out, and they beat the Chiefs, the Bills, the Colts twice, and the Rams this year. So the other two favorites in the market for coach of the year, Matt LaFleur and Zach Taylor, who are these voters going to give credit for the Packers and the Bengals' successful seasons this year. It ain't Matt LaFleur and ain't Zach Taylor, if I had to guess. They're going to give the credit to Aaron Rodgers, who's probably going to win MVP, and Joe Burrow, who's just gone scorched earth in, rec- in recent weeks. So, I mean, you I don't think there is a coach who has done a better job in the NFL, given what he's had to deal with than Mike Vrabel. I think the voters will see that, even though I give NFL voters the least credit of any in major sports. And I think you're getting great value here as the third choice in the market.
0: Yeah, I um. And the other thing, I think, just kind of for me to add on here, the other two guys that are ahead of him in the coach of the year thing. And I mean, look, we know sometimes recency bias can play a, a, fact, a factor in these deals. It's two teams that have nothing to play for. Mm-hmm. So you already know Cincinnati is sitting players this week. We assume that the Packers are going to sit players come halftime. In that game this week where you're going to get the Titans most likely, you know, for four quarters here where they want to ensure that number one seed as well. So the the two guys that have odds that are shorter than Vrabel out there, they're 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 manning two teams that do not have to win this week
2: hundred percent. So I'm very thankful that Mike Vrabel in this market has given me the chance to bail out my horrendously bad early season bet on Brandon Staley to win Coach of the Year. So thank you very much, market <laughs> gods, for helping me there. Because the uh, the volatility of him going for fourth down and talking about analytics on social media, we saw the opposite side of the coin here in the in the second half of the season
0: two teams with absolutely nothing to play for the Chicago bears and the Minnesota Vikings in the both coaches get fired bowl. Uh, the <laughs> for vi- the Vikings are five and a half to six point home favorites over the Chicago bears, 43 and a half to 44 your total here. The bears put Justin Fields on the COVID list this week, this line moved two additional points in favor of Minnesota this week. Steven, um, You know, here's the hard thing for me in this one is, like I said, it's two lame duck coaches. It's two teams that, I mean, I think the bears under their estimation will say that they underperformed. The Vikings will say, you know, the whole world is telling them that they underperformed how in the world they didn't make the playoffs with all the games that they had right at their fingertips is, is definitely going to get Mike Zimmer fired in this. So I, it's very hard for me to handicap a game like this, whereas, you know, what is there's absolutely nothing to play for. Both teams know their coaches are out the door. Both of them feeling like it was a waste of a season. Both of them just waiting to get on a plane and get down to Cancun. Um, I, 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 It's hard for me to play a game like this.
2: I was going to bet the Vikings minus three and a half here before this Justin Fields news, because I think under normal circumstances, this line would have been six and a half or seven. A month ago, the line was seven when these two teams played in Chicago and Justin Fields did play in that game. Um. I don't. Have you guys seen? I don't know who's going to start at quarterback if if um, if Fields doesn't come off the COVID list because we've had one week of Andy Dalton, we've had one week of Nick Foles now. So interrupt me if you guys have seen. I think. So
1: yeah, I think it's, Uh, uh, Brad. Yeah, assume Dalton, like that's he's the starter when whenever he's healthy or, you know, not fields as well. So so yeah. let's
2: assume Andy Dalton then, under these circumstances. And um, you know, they've looked competent, I suppose. So I, I guess from a numbers perspective, this line is still short. If you're getting full effort from the Minnesota Vikings and Mike Zimmer has said over and over again, like he won't even entertain questions of starting younger players this week. So you're going to get the starters out there. So if you're looking at it just strictly from closing lines and previous games, you are getting a pretty decent discount here to get the Vikings at less than a touchdown. You just have to have a leap of faith that there's going to be a proper motivation for them to, Mm -hmm. to go out and give a good effort to close out the season.
0: Yeah, Brad. I'm not particular. I'm not sure that either one of these teams likes these coaches, uh, and I'm pretty sure both of these, a lot of these players, are going to be happy that these coaches are out the door. And so, you know, I, there's no angle to say like, "Oh, these guys are going to play for Nagy on his way out, or they're going to play for Zimmer on his way out," because I, I don't think they're very popular in the first place. And so, um, I, I guess it's a Vikings or pass for me. But again, nothing, nothing in the account.
1: Uh, yeah, I have bet this one. I quite like this. Um, I right. bet the. Bears plus the six. So I would say that that line two weeks ago, three weeks ago, what was it? It was week, it was 12th of December, whenever that was, three weeks ago. Um, That was, they closed seven, but they opened. Vikings three and a half and then the entire Bears secondary got COVID as you may recall Ah. and everyone everyone thought Justin Jefferson was going for 300 and then they ran Dalvin Cook for 28 times for about 80 Mm. yards Um, but I watched that game quite closely the Bears were the better team in my view they turned it over in the red zone like a bunch of idiots several times but they had Mm. a 45% success rate compared to 37 for the Vikings Bears had a 32% first down rate Vikings at 19% so Bears you know they, they were Clearly, the better team there, um, and you watch that game, and it was it was Akeem Hicks just dominating inside, um, and so these teams hate each other as well, right? Dalvin Cook and Akeem Hicks, they're just fighting the entire time. So I think that I think they're both going to play quite hard. Um, to, you know, I'm, I'm assuming pretty much equal motivation, um, and I, I just think you're you're getting a team. You're getting plus six points, where you probably got one point for home field, and I just don't think there's a huge difference in these in these teams as it stands. Um, so yeah, I was I was happy to get the plus six onside. Yeah, and
2: are we sure that Justin feels that Andy Dalton is a two point deduction? No, no, no.
1: no. That was why no, I brought that doing. up because
0: it's it's certainly not like at all by any stretch of the imagination. It is certainly not. Washington football team, New York Giants, two more teams with absolutely nothing to play for. This sits right now, Washington football team at seven point favorites. 37. a half to 38 is your total. It's a super low total, and I understand both teams have looked pretty terrible. Um, But this is a YOLO game and nobody has anything to play for. And so running, you know, going forward on fourth downs and running plays you would not normally run and trying to be more aggressive and all that. If you look at these, I went back and looked at week 17 last year. Now, look, a lot of these, a lot of the games, some of the games had stuff to play for, but the ones that didn't as well, um, if you look. There were some pretty high scoring games, and I think there is a lot of YOLO factor going on, right? You know, again, going forward on fourth downs when you normally wouldn't call in plays you normally wouldn't and just trying to to go out there and and do a little bit something different. Wouldn't surprise me to see that case here. I I think I'm going to have a small play on the over 37 and a half, even though I know that the Giants are so pathetic. I really only I really only need like 13 points from them, and I'll feel okay uh, at getting over the the 37 and a half in this thing. Also, uh, Stephen, this is one of those deals where I don't know if you're going to be able to find a dance partner this week, but the 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 football team and a teaser getting them from seven down to one just to win the game. I think is a pretty strong teaser leg. But again,
2: I just don't know if you're going to be able to find a dance partner for this. For sure. This was a game I was thinking about betting at, at minus six and a half earlier this week, but held off because of, you know, week 18 COVID concerns. Pick your pick your poison. Uh, so now I am in teaser zone here, with Washington, and we'll get to it in a minute here. But if you believe Bruce Arians, then Tampa would be a great teaser leg here uh, to pair with Washington. Washington. For this game, though, yeah, we could talk about high scoring and YOLO and all that, Matt, but like the New York Giants were the only team I considered putting below the Jacksonville Jaguars at this point in my power rankings this week. <laughs> like they got nothing at quarterback, they have worse than nothing. You would be better running Wildcat the whole game, maybe with what they've trotted out at quarterback since they lost Daniel Jones in week 13, 32nd in EPA per play, 31st in success rate, 32nd in drop back EPA and success rate. That's how bad Glennon and Fromm have been. The gap between the Giants and the number 31 team in drop back success rate is the same as the gap between the number 31 and number 24 team. So that shows you how bad they have been. They've also been dead last in offensive DVOA now for the season. The Freddie Kitchens and third string quarterback experience has not added up well for this team. So I have a lot of confidence and comfort in teasing Washington down to just basically a pick them here in week 18.
0: Brad, we're looking at uh, look, I think the football team has given a pretty solid effort all year long it's just you know again just don't have a lot of talent dealing with injuries that COVID game as well all that stuff but I mean I think they've given a fairly decent effort all season long and kind of as Brad I mean as uh, Stephen mentioned I mean they're going up against maybe the co-worst team in the NFL right now Um, do you think they have enough though to cover a touchdown
1: um, yeah, I think they actually do. So mm. again, you know, it's week eighteen, so we're, we're getting down narrative street a little bit. Yeah, but, but there's, I mean, one you can say the Giants have probably quit, right? What they have minus yeah. ten passing net net passing yards last week. I think they they passed the ball eleven times despite losing by thirty. Pretty much the entire game. So are they, are they they're just calling the game like they've given up mm. at this point? Mm. Um, and then so then obviously the coach Joe Judge, he comes out and gives this soliloquy that it's not his fault that everyone actually does want to play for him. We could do him, an hour on that. that, that people are calling dumbass. him. Dumbass. Yeah. Uh, yeah and, I, and you know, that that blew up and I can't, I can't help but think the team is going, let's get rid of this idiot. Let's yeah. get him fired because he's a moron. And and he also, in that in that 15-minute ramble, he took a pot shot at the Washington football team saying, at least we're not fighting on the sidelines. Right? And then oh, he, man. In, in the middle of the week, he comes out and he goes, I wasn't talking about the football team. So, He's obviously been alerted like you shouldn't have said that. And I'll guarantee Ron Rivera's got that up on the wall going, let's let's F mm. these guys up. Um and then the other thing is Taylor Heineke gets I think it's a six hundred thousand pound six hundred thousand dollar bonus if he wins this game. Um so they you know, he's, I think he uh it's hundred and twenty five grand. Mm. But he's only on one million a year anyway. So, you know, he <laughs> they'll be playing for that as well. Yeah, there think. you go. Um. So, yeah, I, I think, I just think you can have a motivated, A, they're already the better team, aren't they? You know, they're, yeah. they're a 500 team. They're solid pretty much across the board. So they're better than the Giants anyway. And I think they actually want to win. They want to win for their coach. They want to win for their quarterback. Um. So I think minus seven solid. And I think some all caps, you know, if you want to do minus 17 and a half, minus 19 and a half, um, you know, I think they, they could send a message.
0: Yeah, no, I, <laughs> absolutely. Like it's, it's a, it's a it is a team that is is so, so, so bad that it's hard for us to even put in. Like, there's no advanced stats for us to even talk about with the Giants because we could just be like, yeah, they're at the bottom <laughs> of the category. It doesn't, doesn't matter. We don't we don't need to read you off
2: the numbers. Without- That's my favorite week 18 angle. If you can find a team that even if they are motivated, they are just incapable of playing well. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are with the Giants. Cincinnati Bengals
0: and the Cleveland Browns, um, as we sit right now, Cleveland Browns are six-point home favorites, 38 is your total in this one. We know for sure Baker Mayfield is out. We we also know for sure that Joe Burrow is out, along with Joe Mixon. And I'm guessing, Brad, and this is just speculation, I am guessing that the majority of the starters for this Cincinnati team is not going to see very many snaps if snaps at all. And again, there's no one has said that that has not come out, but look, you've got on Wednesday, CJ Yuzoma is not practicing out there. Like all this stuff, like there's just not a lot of reason to play these dudes, Trey Waynes, who they got back to kind of help in the D de- in the, in the defensive back, you know, category, He just gets activated from COVID. Like, do you want to run him back out there? Like, there's just a lot of reasons here that I think that we're, you know, going to see Jamar Chase maybe maybe not even suit up, maybe not see even T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd and all this. Like, I think we could see the full B squad for Cincinnati. So um, I think it's a Browns or pass for me, but this wouldn't be anything that I would bet, I think, up until we got, got closer to kickoff
1: no I think especially if the chiefs win then there's there's no chance of the one seed so mm-hmm. we're getting Brandon allen most likely aren't we um I think it's tricky though because the Browns like they are the you know they're tanking esque are they the eagles from last year are they going to go out there and try and lose the game deliberately like you you could see that message come down from the Nick top polls so I'll be I'll be I'll be wary of laying six points with a team that might actively be trying to lose the game. Um I, I guess I guess we have to wait wait and see um, you know, who who they actually put out there. If they do rest Clowney and Garrett and, you know, the the offensive line guys who they, you know, they paid them big money. Do they want to protect them for next year? Um you know, if we, if we can move quickly on that, then obviously the Bengals plus six is probably valuable, especially with a 38 total, probably still dropping. You know, this could be a legitimate preseason game. Each team runs 40 times and uh, off they go to Hawaii. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be looking at the Browns plus the six.
0: Um,. Steven, again, it's uh, you know, we know no Burrow, we know no Mixon. I am gonna go ahead and throw out there, I assume no Jamar Chase, I assume no Tyler Boyd, I assume no T. Higgins. C- like CJ Uzoma's a little bit banged up, you're not gonna run him out there. Like I, I-, I think this is a full on second string, third string game for Cincinnati. Now, is that good enough to hang with the Browns?
2: I don't know, but um, that that's completely what I'm expecting here. Well, to Brad's point, I worked with the Browns' general, man- general manager, Andrew Berry, for two years when he was basically the right-hand man to the Colts' general manager, and he is one of the brightest – sharpest minds, most respected minds in the NFL. Uh, He's a Harvard grad, so if you think that he is not aware of draft position going into this final week of the season, you are grossly mistaken. So, would not surprise me if we see a Philadelphia Eagles last year situation turn up for the Browns in this game where maybe Nick Mullins gets a significant amount of time after Case Keenum plays for a little bit to start the game. So um, at that point, all bets are off. And your guess is as good as mine of who's got the better second units here. To tr- But in that situation, mm-hmm. I certainly would rather be taking points than laying the points. So uh, but who knows? Right. Um, so that's just a straight guess and intuition on my end and I don't have any real handicapping, unfortunately for a game like this.
0: Yeah. I think we see a lot of Samaji P Ryan. I think we see a lot of Darnus Johnson, like, a, you know, like stuff like that. I mean, you're, you're not going to go run Nick Chubb 30 times. You're not going to put you know, You're, you're not going to do it. Like you're not going to put these guys in, in harm's way this week. So uh, I expect this should be a complete, complete backup fest. And maybe the only way you go is, is taking the points with the underdog here. Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are four point to five point home favorites over the Steelers. Last word, it does not look like Lamar Jackson is going to go. Still having trouble with that ankle of his. So we know that there's at least that that's going on in this one. There is a very, 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 very outside chance that the Steelers could still make the playoffs. So we know that they will, we will be getting their best effort, whatever their best effort is uh, this Pittsburgh Steelers team. That being said, Deontay Johnson moved the COVID list. Don't know if he's going to be able to be back or not in this one. Um, Steven, I think this is another one of those where I don't really like what I see from the Ravens and have seen from the Ravens pretty much all year anyway. So, if I, I can't see myself doing anything other than taking points in a game like this. But uh, again, nothing that I'm I'm sprinting to go and uh, and go and put in my account.
2: Matt, first question I have for you, if you want to back the Ravens, would you have preferred a hobbled Lamar Jackson or a totally fine Tyler Huntley at this point?
0: Oh, you'd want to. You would certainly want to hobble Lamar Jackson. There's no doubt about that. But I think what we've seen too with Huntley is that teams are kind of like, oh, okay, we, we've we've got this guy figured out now at this point.
2: Yeah. So the first meeting five weeks ago, Baltimore was a six-point favorite. If you if you put them on a neutral, they were minus four in Pittsburgh. Now we're looking at it was five and a half the other day with the Lamar news. We're looking at four and a halves and fours. So. Two points on a neutral, let's say two and a half on a neutral. But at the same time, I mean, how much do you trust the Steelers offense to get it done? The The secondary has gotten a little healthier for Baltimore. The offensive line for Pittsburgh is a mess. Ben Roethlisberger in his going... I, it, Could we have had a more appropriate performance for Ben (laughs) Roethlisberger in his swan song at Heinz Field to throw for less than three yards per attempt? I mean, this is exactly what we thought he would be all season. Uh, Thank you, Ben, for going under four thousand and hitting my season prop on this one this year. Mm -hmm. The the first game between these two teams when Lamar Jackson was healthy, it was basically they played to a draw. It was the two-point conversion game, and it, it really. Wasn't much of a fluke for Pittsburgh to win that when they were almost a full yard better in yards per play and they sacked Lamar Jackson seven times. So it's that weekly question with Pittsburgh. Is their pressure and their defense going to be enough to overcome a very bad offensive line and a quarterback who just doesn't have an arm anymore? And I have a hard time figuring that out, but. In a low scoring game, I'm probably going to lean towards taking the point. So if you want to bet Pittsburgh, I'd probably get on it now before it drops even further. I think closer to kickoff.
0: Brad, um, again, low scoring game here, uh, low total, 41 and a half. You're you would be able to get five. I mean, you can get as many as five right now with the Steelers. Does that does that at least intrigue
1: you at all? It is definitely the side I would take of the two. Um, yeah. You know, just just given the history, just given a, the game they played this season, the game they played over the last ten years. You know, it does feel like it's it's always tight four, it's always a three point game. Um, two concerns: one is all these COVID. You know, it's some key players, the center Deontay Johnson, Joe Hayden in the secondary. Like, you know, they're they're important players. And the second is, can they like can they replicate the energy they just put out on Monday right. night? Um, you know, I think pretty much every player said like that was the most electric atmosphere they felt at Heinz Field for a decade or you know. Outside of the playoffs, and you know the the, the defensive line was just smashing the Browns' offensive lineman. Like every time you look, they were winning every collision. And i just I don't know whether they can replicate that, whether they can turn up you know six days later and do it again. So you you couldn't you couldn't lay five with this Ravens team and a banged up quarterback. No. So I would I would only be taking the points here, but it's not one I've done. Hey, Matt, yeah, same. It's,
0: it's it's
2: yeah. The one angle I did like here maybe is is first half under. If you can find 21, that's great, but I'd still play it at 20 and a half. The last eight games, the Steelers offense is averaging less than five points per first half. Their ceiling in those games has been 10 points just three times. So before the 10 first half points last week against Cleveland, Pittsburgh went five straight games with zero or three first half points. And we Last time I checked, this could change, but there was a little bit of rain possibly in the early forecast for this game as well. So the under 20 and a half might be my favorite play on this one. Let's take
0: a look at Seattle and Arizona. Right now, we are sitting with Arizona as six and a half point home favorites over the Seahawks. We know the motivation here, the motivational angle is that the Cardinals have an outside chance. Well, not even outside. They have a chance at winning. The NFC West, the Seahawks just playing for pride at this point. 47 and 48 is your total. Brad, I'll start with you on this one. And for this, um, I, for me, when this was sitting at a full touchdown and it may get back there again, I was leaning towards the Seahawks and I didn't pull the trigger yet. And mainly because I think the Cardinals... Could be scoreboard watching in this game, and it was like a touchdown's big anyway. A touchdown, you know, you got to covering a touchdown is big anyway. And then two, look, if the Cardinals look up and the Rams happen to be blowing out the 49ers, now that's not the indication with the spread that's out there, but listen, that could happen. There's also the we've seen Cliff has played this pretty pretty conservatively this year right I mean he held out Kyler Murray according to many reports for longer than he had to to make sure that he was healthy they go ahead they don't even mess around they put DeAndre Hopkins on IR they don't they they're just like all right go get healthy we need you for the playoffs all this like we've seen James Conner whenever it's like ah James Conner's questionable then James Conner's out and they just they just run with Chase Edmonds like he seems to play everything fairly conservatively here he doesn't seem like the type that's going to run his guys out there and take meaningless snaps if he sees that the Rams are up 21 points in the in the middle of the third quarter or something so i think not only covering a touchdown is a lot of points in the first place but i also think there could be backups out there in the second half at some point as well. So for me, it's a Seahawks or pass. And, and I think if a full seven shows back up, I might actually play the Seahawks.
1: Uh, yeah, I did play Seahawks plus six and a half and plus the seven. Um, I mean, so one, w- there's going to be almost zero home field here. Um, I mean, the Cardinals have had this th- weird thing all year long where they win, they've won every single road game um, and then they've lost a few home games here. But, you know, even if we just assume... Say one point for home field. There's not a clear difference in these teams. If you look, Arizona has been basically an average NFL team for the second half of the year. Once they lost JJ Watt, the defense is below average in EPA per play. Now, now they've lost Hopkins on the offensive side. I'm looking at them. They're 13th in EPA per play over the second half of the season. It's it's just an, it's just an average team. So mm. they I'm not sure they should be laying this many points. Um, you know, I, I literally just can't get to the number. Mm. Basically, that's it. Uh, Steven, uh, it's uh, we have
0: laid out a couple of different different angles here. A couple of different thoughts in this one. What did you look at when you
2: saw this game? We are in complete alignment on this game, guys. I, yeah. Three for three. I, if we get plus seven, I'm playing it. And I'm if we don't, I'm probably still going to play it at six and a half. I didn't walk away from that win against Dallas, thinking that the Arizona offense was back to being elite or anything. They had just five point five yards per play. Which is close to league average. So we got a one week discount on Arizona as big dogs last week. And now we're back to having to pay a premium on this offense. So the last four weeks, the Seattle offense is fourth and seventh in EPA and success rate. Arizona's middle of the pack. I think they found something with Rashad Penny in the run game, 130 plus rushing yards in three of his last four games. The unlikely fantasy playoffs hero of 2021 is none other than Rashad Penny, and Arizona is 22nd and 23rd in PFF Rush D and Run Stop Win Rate this year. So big advantage there. That should help free up Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf in the passing game a little bit. So I think um, you know both average at best defenses in this one over the past four weeks. So here we are again, final week, how much motivation is there for Seattle? But I think that Russell Wilson is always going to be motivated. Mr. Unlimited doesn't know the definition of packing it in. So I'm going to take the points here.
0: Yeah, he is. Uh, and look, he's playing for uh He's playing for his next team, right? He wants to put some more tape out there for uh, for whoever's going to trade for it. Whenever he demands a now, trade Matt, in the offseason, now, Matt, which is, he did which say is that his
2: plan is to win Super Bowls and win them in Seattle. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure.
0: <laughs> it's either that's that's code for you better fire Pete Carroll or I'm leaving. <laughs> exactly. Is what that is. That is okay. Yes, I'll stay if you get rid of Pete Carroll. New England Patriots, Miami Dolphins, the Patriots are six, six and a half point road favorites over the Dolphins, a total of thirty nine and a half or forty in this one. Steven, we know, again, Patriots outside chance of a of the uh, one of winning the AFC East. Again, they would need a loss by the Bills in order for that to happen. The Bills are double digit favorites, but there is at least that chance out there and um, this was one of the first games I scratched off the list. It's just for me, tons of scoreboard watching going on. I I don't imagine Bill Belichick cares all that much about about this, um, about this game. Was um, he looks up and sees that the Bills are up, you know, a bajillion points or whatever? So I, I don't know. Too too tough for me to try to figure out. So I just passed on it.
2: Well, full disclosure for those listening or watching that didn't watch last week's episode, Matt and Brad took me to the woodshed on the <laughs> Miami Dolphins handicap a week ago. And I am a little <laughs> bit frightened to say that I think this number is is wrong for Miami this week. Uh, based on the closing lines, this should be about... New England minus four on a neutral and it's six and a half in Miami. So more than a touchdown on a neutral. So I'm tempted by the six and a half for Miami. I'm I'm curious if we get the seven, probably not. Cause as we look now, it's actually moved back to six at a lot of shops. It's just hard to handicap Miami's motivation right after already being eliminated. Um, you mentioned yeah. the angle of the Patriots might be scoreboard watching, but I do expect Miami to try and play spoiler and not bench their starters in this one for what that's worth. Brian yeah. Flores did the same thing two years ago and cost Tom Brady in New England a first-round buy with a Week 17 upset. And after you guys both kicked me in the nuts on the Dolphins handicap last mm-hmm. week, I fully understand that this offense sucks and the offensive line is a massive liability. But I just... Like Brad said in an earlier game, I just can't get to this number right now for for New England. Brad, I think this is a tough one, because, again,
0: there there, there's just a lot of different factors at play here. How how did you how did you look at this um, as a and again, we're sitting right now with New England as six or six and a half point favorites?
1: Yeah, we'd definitely lean Miami uh with Steven uh, you know I do think we are probably getting a point or two extra mm. um because of the because of the motivation because of that blowout last week you know for both teams. Um I think there's two interesting matchups. One is I'm not again I'm not sure the dolphins can block this New England defensive line. But also what we've seen cause Matt Jones problems so far this year is sticky man coverage. You know, when, when they played the Saints, for example, that, that's what they did to them because uh, the receivers just aren't that good. So if they can, you know, if they can just man up on the outside and then, you know, put the other eight men in the box, the Patriots might have trouble running the ball as well. And that's not a recipe for covering six and a half points on the road. So would definitely lean Miami, um, but, you know, not, not a huge play.
0: 49ers and the Rams, this game does mean something. This game does have double motivation. So finally we get one to talk about here where the 49ers need to win to get in the playoffs. The Rams need to win to win the NFC West. We have the Rams as four, four and a half point home favorites right now. We have the 40 uh, we have a total of 44 and a half. Brad, look, there's something to be said for just winning in the NFL. That being said, the Rams have done it. Several times this year, looking fairly sloppy and looking fairly pedestrian. But again, a win is a win is a win is a win. And there's something to be said for winning in the NFL. 49ers, on the other hand, same deal. It's kind of like sometimes they look really good. Other times they look really pedestrian. Now it looks like they're going to try to roll out Jimmy Garoppolo this week, despite the fact that he's got a a bone fracture and a ligament damage in his hand. I think Shanahan just feels in a win or go home game that he'd rather have the guy that he's, that he's ridden with for, for much, much longer out there than Trey Lance, who he had to go with this past week. So um, four, four and a half right now in favor of the Rams in a game that does mean something to both
1: teams. Yeah. I mean, I think you've got to be on the Ram side here because they, you know, they're getting four and a half on the road again. I don't think home field is going to be huge here. It's, You know, it's maybe a point, point and a half maximum. Um, and the, the the San Francisco Forty ers they've had the better offense in the second half of the year. Um, I've got the the Rams down in eighteenth in EPA and the second half of the season. I've got the Niners up in sixth. So, so you're actually saying you'd be on the Forty ers taking the points? Yes. What, what did, oh, I uh, did I say? Did I say that? Yeah, you said the Rams. So I was
0: I was confused oh, sorry, here. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so the yeah, no, Niners. Sorry, okay. Yeah.
1: 49ers getting the point. Mm. Um, Yeah, so be- better off in the second half of the year. Now I I do not really want a quarterback with a thumb that can't throw. That <laughs> I'd, I'd yeah. probably rather Trey Lance in there to be honest. Um, yeah, so that that is definitely off putting. And um, the other the other fact here is the the 49ers cornerbacks. Um, obviously, by like the entire corner room is is on the uh, COVID list at the minute. I think they're going to get the key ones back. It looks like um, Emmanuel Mosley, he's going to return from IR. He was activated. He could play. Um, and they, they might only be missing, what's his name? Domodore Lenoir. So yeah. uh, they should be healthy-ish uh, in the in the defensive backfield. So yeah, we are definitely lean 49ers, but I, I don't really want a quarterback with a gammy thumb thrown for me. So... Um- this is a pretty telling uh
0: statement here steven coming out of, of practice yesterday asked by debo samuel what jimmy garoppolo looked like and he said jimmy just looked like jimmy to me <laughs> i don't know I- know if I what want my receipt? yeah like I've got a broken i got a broken bone in my hand and a broken ligament and like he's like saying like yeah he just looks like Jimmy to me be like no man say like hey he's doing really great considering the fact you know the circumstances so don't, be like like, don't be like Aaron oh, me yeah yeah, it's like, yeah it's don't be just like oh yeah he just looks like exactly what he normally looks like because I mean it's like oh he's just as good with yeah he's just as good with ligament damage that he is when he is when he's actually healthy but 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 uh, anyway, it does look like at this point it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he's gotten in a couple of limited practices. And like I said, I just think it's probably Shanahan saying – if we gotta win a game, at least I have a guy that I've 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 rode with before, as opposed to trying to go into new territory here with with Trey
2: Lance. Matt, I've been watching some of the practice clips of Jimmy this week on social media, and he looked like Jimmy to me too. There's a drill where he <laughs> takes a snap, he drops back, and he's just throwing to George Kittle, who's standing down the field by himself. There's no defense or anything. It's just pass take the snap, drop back, pass it to Kittle. First pass great. Second one Kittle had to leap as high as he could and catch it with one hand. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's going to be erratic. This is he had off-target high passes that led to interceptions in his last game against the Titans when this thumb issue took place at some point in the middle of the game. So I think Kyle Shanahan playing him would tell us that He values him basically as a field general, being able to check Mm -hmm. into certain situations against the Rams front, being able to check out of plays that he just can't do with Trey Lance uh, once the play clock hits 15 and the radio shuts off in his helmet. So... The Rams have been unimpressive, though, right? I mean, I think Brad's yeah. made that point. Math, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, for what he is with a bad thumb, Matthew Stafford, his last two games, has three touchdowns and five interceptions. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's had bad interceptions in multiple games. He had He's had pick sixes, including in the brutal matchup and loss that they had to San Francisco earlier this year. Then you kind of have the coaching factor here. This is a little trendy, but I think it's at least a little significant that Kyle Shanahan has won five straight games against Sean McVay. Both the teams are properly motivated, like you mentioned. So I just think there's a wide range of outcomes in this game with the quarterback situations on both sides. And I do think that the 49ers pass rush is... Good enough to possibly overcome some of the secondary issues. Top six in pass rush win rate, top three also in run stop win rate. So with a with a wide range of outcomes in this game, why not take the plus 180 on the money line with the 49ers instead of just minus 110 to cover the spread? That's kind of the the angle I like better here with Mm. with what we know about the quarterback situations. I'd rather just take the plus 180 on the money line.
0: Looks like we're going to get Cam Akers back out there at least for a little bit for the Rams. Probably going to get it, try to get him a little bit of run before they get into the playoffs and, and whatnot. But he has been practicing for the last couple of weeks and apparently practiced, you know, quote, full speed flying around is uh, the quote for Cam Akers for the Rams. And of course, we do know that there is still that outside chance that uh, Cooper Cup could just shatter all the records this year. That being said, he came out and said, yeah, I get the extra game. I don't think that it's worth anything. You know, like he, so he basically is talking about he doesn't really care on those records because uh, he got the extra game as well. So just something to from a from a motivational standpoint it's not like I don't think that he's going to be in the in the in the huddle going, feed me the ball, feed me the ball, feed me the ball. It's yeah, too I important he's for that kind
2: of, this week, right? Like last yeah. week was the week for that.
0: Carolina Panthers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We have the Bucks as eight, eight and a half point home favorites over the Panthers, a total of 41 and a half. I don't need to tell you about the Antonio Brown stuff. You have a television, so I'm not going to run through all that. But all I will say is what this does do to this Bucks team is puts them at what used to be a massive, 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 huge bonus to this team is the wide receiver core where they had three legitimate, awesome options is now down to one in Mike Evans. You have lost Chris Godwin for the year and now Antonio Brown is off the team. So it is a completely different look, a completely different handicap for this team for sure. As we kind of move forward, that being said, if you look at this, everyone says they're going to play. Everyone says they're motivated. Everyone says they're going to give it their all in this thing. And so with that, as opposed to one of these teams that you know is superior but has a much smaller spread, you see, you still see eight points, you know, out there on this Bucks team. Stephen, when you take a look here, I mean, if there was, I mean, you know, maybe we were talking about that that teaser leg for Washington. Yeah. If there was a if there was a dance partner this week, this might be the only one that makes any sense.
2: Yeah, and it requires you. Having faith and believing what Bruce Arians has said, the the quote that stuck out to me is Arians saying you play to win when he was talking to reporters Monday about resting players, quote, you're playing to get that second seed. That's huge. We're not resting anybody. We're playing to win. Minds can disagree and and differ on how significant yeah. the second seed is at this point, but at least in his mind, and he's publicly saying that it it matters to him. I think overall they have a lot of new pieces here that they just want to try and figure out too. So. That, that was, that was literally going to be my point in,
0: in this to kind of transition to, it's just like, look, so Leonard Fournette's already out. Ronald Jones is in a walking boot. They got to figure out what they've got in Keyshawn Vaughn and and Le'Veon Bell, you know, or and 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 like they've got to figure out what they've got at the receiver position, you know, outside of Mike Evans and how that's going to all work out and everything. So I, I'm with you, Stephen. I think that this is like this is kind of like a dress rehearsal here for what they might have to do in the playoffs because there's no guarantee that Lenny's going to come back healthy. There's no guarantee that Ronald Jones is going to get out of his walking boot. We know for a fact the wide receiver core. Is, de- is depleted. So I, I do. I think this is kind of a dress rehearsal for the playoffs.
2: It also doesn't hurt that Tom Brady's trying to fool people into voting for him to win MVP at this point as he <laughs> leads the league in passing yards and passing touchdowns, even though Rodgers has been better and efficient. So if all of these things are, in fact, true this week, Matt, then it is just an amazing teaser leg and might even be an amazing spread to bet on because just two weeks ago, Tampa Bay was an 11 point favorite on the road at Carolina. So let's just say 12, 13 on a neutral this week. They're only an eight point favorite on their home field in Tampa Bay, which is implying less than a touchdown favorite on a neutral. So just an amazing value. If, if, you believe Bruce Arians is going to do what he says he's going to do,
0: Brad. It is uh, it is again us trying to read the tea leaves, right, and, and believing coach speak, and that is sometimes works out, and that sometimes burns
1: us. But how do you think this one plays out? The problem is the the Bucks are super banged up. It's not just the receivers that you've talked about. Um, you know, it's it's Levante David at middle linebacker. It's JPP. It's Shaq Barrett. So you know, it's both edge rushes and, and your middle linebacker. Um, and then suddenly you're starting to look quite thin, I think. So, you know, especially you know when Brady first got there and he was kind of building that chemistry with with Godwin, with Ab, with Evans. It took them eight weeks because he, he needs precision. Brady doesn't it? You know, he's throwing a ball to a spot. He needs to know you're gonna. You've seen the linebacker the same way, and you're reading the coverage the same way and cutting it off and going to the left or whatever. So. Yeah I'm I'm not I couldn't be laying 8 here even if we are getting say 4 points of value because I just I have no idea what Bucks team is going to get like that they did get pushed to the wire by the Jets last week the Jets are really, really, really bad. So, yeah, obviously they won, and it's kind of overshadowed by the Antonio Brown thing. I would thing.
2: say, I would say the Jets' offense is a little better, though, right? Like they're at least functional. Like, are you? Uh, do you have such little faith that they might lose the teaser leg here and lose the game outright? Maybe. I mean, have we say the Jets better? Have the
1: have the Jets been better until last week? Like Zach Wilson's been awful. Like he's been a bottom three offense the entire year and then last week they're going up and down the field on the on the bucks right that's the best they've looked in two True. months so uh, yeah i don't know i mean m- maybe they maybe they bounce back i i don't know but i just i just think there's a lot of uncertainty basically i would
0: say the par- the panthers offense is probably about uh yeah. about <laughs> bottom three
2: you know if not if not dead last I at least trust the Jets offensive scheme right like we've talked about that a lot this year that they've Zach Wilson's been bad we agree with that but at least the scheme has in multiple weeks throughout this year put up good numbers and good yardage it's their defense that's been a train wreck and they lose the game at the at the gun last week I mean I don't trust this Panthers offensive line and this quarterback one iota to put together any type of good game at this point so um I I after listening to you, Brad, and, and hearing those those nuggets, I am off the eight now. I wouldn't lay it with the Bucs, but I still feel pretty good about the teaser leg. New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons,
0: the Saints in a three and a half point to four point road favorite over the Falcons in a how in the hell are the Saints still in the playoff picture game? But they are. Um how in the world the Saints team could get into the playoffs is crazy. To me, when all we've done is talk about how ridiculously inefficient they are on the offensive side of the ball, how they look like a JV team so many times on the offensive side of the ball. And yet here we are where they could actually play themselves, so, you know, with some help and now that could actually get into the playoffs, a total of 39 and a half or 40. Steven, you're not getting me to back this Saints team as a as a more than a field goal favorite <laughs> against anybody. So that's never happening for me. But then at the same time, you know, again, this Falcons team they kind of know where they're at, right? Completely, completely packed it in. Maybe, maybe one of the more disappointing teams this year. There were a lot of people who were kind of thinking this Falcons team was a sleeper, right? There was a lot of people who out there had them to make in the playoffs this year. Kyle Pitts gets hurt in the game last week. Um, so he was he has been practicing this week, but that doesn't mean he's going to play. And now we know for sure that we're looking at, you know, a team that if he doesn't play, it's all replacement level pass catchers and stuff and everything out there like that. So the saints defense by far the best unit on the field in this game,
2: our lead writer, Eli Hershkovich will have a couple of, of sides that he's personally betting on up on the lines.com this weekend. I will let you know that the Falcons are one of them. He's going to take the points with the Falcons. The, The angle I like better here is the under and I think we're sitting at. Yeah, it's moved now. You can still get 40s. I saw 40 and a half when I bet it the other day. Uh, So I would still take the 40 and go under, but that'd be my stopping point. The this is an elite defense for the Saints, right? And. A bad offense so it leads to more unders. six straight unders for the saints now despite some of those totals being in the 30s in recent weeks yeah. they still hit the unders we're looking at a number 28 dvoa offense for the falcons against a top five dvoa defense for the saints and the saints are bottom 10 offensively in dvoa and pff grade they've almost went three straight games without a touchdown until a fourth quarter Alvin Kamara score last week. So despite a very low total, I still like the under. Yeah. I mean,
0: it's especially if Pitts doesn't go, I mean, what are we looking at here on this Falcons team? I mean, his offense has been so bad all season long. Of course, Ridley just hasn't been out there in forever. Um, Brad, again, we do know that there's a motivation for one team and there's not motivation for another, does that come into play here
1: at all? No, I, th- I, th- I think the Falcons are going to play hard. Um, mm. You know, it's just a question of whether whether that's whether that means anything because they're not going to be able to run the ball against probably the best run defense in the NFL, so it, it, they are going to rely on um, you know like Russell Gage, Olamide Zaccheaus, yeah. um, Pitts. Pitts, I believe you said yesterday he is going to play. Is he going to be full go or is he just after this rookie tight end receiving record? Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, I, I cannot see the Falcons scoring many points. Um, the Saints, the offensive line is a little bit healthier. Uh, Ryan Ramchek, he's been out for the last month or so. He got a limited practice in yesterday, so he could be back. They're still going to be missing the left tackle. Um, so I, I think the Saints should be able to run the ball a bit. Um, yeah, I'd, I would say I would say minus four is, is the fair line for me. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too keen to get involved. The, the under's a solid look if we don't think the Falcons can move it and the Saints are going to run it. So maybe that's the way.
0: Yeah, I think I can only take the points with the Falcons in this one. That said, the, you know, in, in over a field goal, I still think is 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 playable. But yeah, man, boy, the, both of these teams. I can't believe the Saints could still make the playoffs this year, but a, a, an underlook as well, um, possibly for me in this one. Jets and the Bills. The Bills are now anywhere from 15 and a half to 16 and a half point. Home favorites in this one, 40 and a half. Actually, you can find a 40. There's a there's 40 all the way to 41 and a half out there on the total. So depending on where you want to play, be sure and shop around. Brad, if we look at this, we know what's going on. The Bills got to win to go ahead and take the AFC East. They're probably very highly likely to win this game. But again, winning and covering are two completely different things. And 16 points is a really, really big number.
1: Yes, again, it's one that's probably a point or two inflated, uh, you know, just just because the Bills have to win. Um, but again, you, you've got you've got to be a brave person to uh, to step in there and back the Jets. I mean, we we saw the Bills last season against the Dolphins. Uh, you know that they, they, the Bills didn't need to win. You know they didn't need to blow them out on this. I think they scored fifty or whatever. So maybe the Bills don't need margin. Maybe that maybe they score fifty anyway or. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do with this one.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, Stephen, if you look at this, it's like, okay, 16 points. Now, could they do that without even trying to run up? Like, could they moonwalk to a 16, you know, to a 16 point win? Because, hey, they just score, you know, on 60% of their possessions and the Jets just can't really move the ball that much and whatever. I mean, that is certainly uh, an option here. And I guess I'm not incredibly worried about any sort of backdoor type stuff with the jets. Because again, that offense is, is, is not explosive by any stretch of the imagination, but it's, it, it, I don't know why, but the 16 just feels like too much to me.
2: I feel you. It's, it's going to be fairly windy in Buffalo. It looks like as well on Sunday, I'm looking at, this is a four o'clock kickoff, I believe. And um, we're looking at sustained winds around 18 to 20. So not, not, crippling like the game we saw a couple weeks Mm -hmm. ago but at least somewhat of a factor Um, so is Zach Wilson going to throw it effectively but the angle I like here is one our senior writer Mo Nawara pointed out on the site this week the team total for the Jets here is like crazy low I mean 13s are out there you can find a couple 12 and a half even and this is a team that Almost upset the Bucs last week. I know Buffalo's defense is a different animal, but um, Zach Wilson has at least looked a hell of a lot more functional than he did the first half in the middle of this year. He's had seven plus yards per attempt against Tampa Bay and Miami. And in between that did beat Jacksonville for what that's worth. So just an incredibly low number that the Jets have reached in all but one of their past 10 games. And you're talking about a team that is number two in the NFL and pass play percentage, which I love what I'm trying to chase a team over. So um, with a 16 point spread, there's always the chance of garbage time, I assume, in a game like this. So I think it's a fairly low bar to clear here for for this offense to try and get to 13 points, 14 points. Hey, I'll take I'll
0: take any angle that we can possibly get, you know, right now uh, in these games. I mean, listen, I think the only other one would be is if you do think that this Jets team is going to get boat raced, right? Um, Zach Wilson's passing prop is one hundred and eighty seven yards. So, Hmm. I mean, again, in a YOLO situation, and if he's got to throw 50 times in this game or 50, 50 plus times in this game, like it might be empty yards and it might be empty stats and it might be when they're already down by 27, but I think he throws for over 187 and a half yards.
2: Yeah. I'm um, looking at, you know, I used to work for four for four and John Paulson's one of the most respected guys I go to when it comes to fantasy football projections. And he's got him at 215 yards this week. Yeah. So,
0: So just something to think, think about there. Yeah, I think 187 is is low there on on Zach Wilson from a passing standpoint. I think I would play the over on that. Because, again, so it, it, I think there's, there's two ways, right? Because if they have success, it's likely because he's having success throwing the ball. And if they get behind a ton, then they have to abandon the run altogether. And then they're just then they're just hucking it, you know, every single time. So if you get 50 attempts, you're likely to get to over 187 yards. Let's wrap things up here, guys, with the Chargers and the Raiders. This game is for everything. This is a win, and you are in. Right now, Chargers are three-point road favorites over the Raiders, a total of 49-and-a-half. Brad, the Raiders might get Darren Waller back for this game, which we know is so massive to the success of this team. He has been practicing. He is going to be officially questionable for this game. On the Chargers side of things, the most, you know, the, the widest range of outcomes of any team in the NFL. You know, if the fourth down decisions are going their way, they're going to be really hard to beat. If the fourth down decisions are going against them, you're going to be able to get some free short fields, some free possessions and some uh, and some pretty good scoring opportunities against them. What do you think of them heading in to the Death Star here in Las Vegas as three point favorites over the Raiders?
1: Um, I think the Chargers have to be the side here. Um, So if we just look over the second half of the season, so weeks nine to 17, uh, the number one team in the NFL in success rate and drop back success rate, both both categories, is the Chargers, right? Um, So, you know, arguably the best offense in the NFL second half of the season. They've had some fumbles, they've had some turnovers, so they've not been quite putting up the numbers that You know, you would consider them to be the best, but they'd be moving the ball, you know, very, very efficiently. Um, So I think they've got clearly the better offense here. Now, the defense last week um, was against Denver was the first time since week five where the Chargers have had their entire starting secondary Um, you know, the entire dime secondary. So all three corners there, the the good safeties. Um, And then Justin Jones at defensive tackle. I mean, he's got some huge splits with him on and off the field against the run, the chargers. So basically this is the healthiest that the chargers defense has been all year long. Um, And I I think, I think we should assume that they're much better than some of the stats they put up, right? They've got a, a, a great defensive coach. They've got some good personnel. They're healthy. Um, and I, I think they're probably better than uh, the Raiders on both sides of the ball. So I guess you know the only thing stopping you'd be like, well, h- what's home field here? It's, it's got to be a point, right? It's 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 not it's not a long trip. It's it's a dome with with turf, which is exactly what the Chargers play in. Um, so yeah, I think you've got you know the, the much better team, um, basically laying only three points.
0: Yeah, Stephen, uh, you know I I recommended just on the Twitter machine on some of the other programming I do is just a a flyer. Now the number's gone. There were there were 48 to 1s that popped last week um, as we were heading into this week on the Chargers to win the Super Bowl. Now I don't think they win the Super Bowl, but I think 48 to 1 on them, if you run this sim 48 times, they're going to win the Super Bowl a couple of times because of the very the highly variant style of football that they play. You know, I mean you're going to get some of those sims in which they run on the right side of variance and on the right side of variance, this team is really, really hard to beat because they hold onto the ball. They don't punt it back to you. You don't get as many possessions in a game. And then they, by also converting these fourth downs and keeping the ball, they score more points as well. So like if, if it wouldn't shock me, you know, to, to see this team have three games of, of just kind of running hot and, and really, really mess the playoffs up this year if they're able to get in. But that being said, They got to get by the Raiders first in order to do that.
2: I love that this is a game where I can strongly assume that you're going to get the absolute best possible preparation for both of these teams. The playoffs are on the line. As Brad mentioned, the Chargers are getting healthy and a team that. We had pegged for having to rely on variance with third down offense as being one of the elite third down teams with how much they go for it. They've, they've also risen to now top 10 and early down success rate this season as well. So, um If they have a bad third down or fourth down game, we're going to see the opposite coin of that variance, Matt. But their ceiling is incredibly high on any given week. And three points on the road doesn't scare me in the least here. Um, If you look at also what this Vegas Raiders offense is compared to what the Chargers are, In their passing game, even with Darren Waller back, I still have some concerns that they can protect Derek Carr. The Raiders are 20th in pass block win rate this season. And the Raiders are 10th in pass rush win rate, 10th in pressure rate this season. So... I'm not sure. Sh- Darren Waller is a big deal. I'm not going to discount that. Mm-hmm. And if we know Derek Carr like we do, he's probably going to target him 20 times in this game if he's healthy. But um, I, I just I'm with you, man. I think that the Chargers are a very interesting dark horse here for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah. And, and it's a it, Brad, I think one of the things that you you pointed out is something that is going to be a big talking point heading into this game. But now we are by no stretch of the imagination saying that this Chargers defense is any good. We understand that this is the weak part of this team and maybe the weak, maybe the weakest unit on the whole field in this game. But as far as health goes, you're at least going to see the best version of this Chargers defense. Now, what the best version of that Chargers defense is, is to be determined. But we, we should at least see their best going into this one as well.
1: The Chargers, they're they're not deep, but when the starters are healthy, they're good. I think if you had if they were healthy all year long, this defense would be top half of the league. Um, I'd also just say quickly on these these Raiders, obviously they've been winning recently, but they beat the Browns like riddled by COVID, and they needed a, a last minute field goal, like a last second field goal to win that game. Then they had COVID Carson Wentz, and in the middle they had Drew Locke and the COVID Denver Broncos as well. So you know, they've looked, they've looked okay, but they've beaten absolutely nobody. Uh, And as I say, I I think the charges are a very good team.
2: Yeah. Knock on wood that uh, we don't get any COVID situations between now and when this game kicks off.
0: Look at us all three on the same, on the three, uh, all all three, very, very few bets this week on a very thin card, but uh, several, several, all three across the board bets here. So we're all going to have a good week or a terrible week this week. So that'll be a, That'll be interesting. Guys, this has been this has been awesome. I'm glad that this week, um, you know, it, there are at least a few games for us to really pay attention to and and really, uh, you know, try and figure out where these teams stand as we head into the playoffs, because this is going to be where we try to make some additional money. Of course, we'll be with you guys all the way through the Super Bowl here on the the videos and the podcast to be sure and stick around. If you want to follow Brad on Twitter at Brad Allen NFL, you want to follow Steven at Steven Anders one. If you want to follow me at Matt Brown M two for Steven for Brad, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THE LINES, and you're on your way with the king of sports books. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THE LINES to make a risk free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call 1 800